0: I have really been trying to define what masculinity means to me. There's moments where I feel like I'm kind a little soft uh, in an effort to be able to express sadness or vulnerability in front of my kids. And then I still feel the world's gotten so expensive, you gotta go out and make money. But I better fucking show up for my kids too. Isn't kind
1: of the wimpiest fucking thing in the world, like not being able to be a good dad, like kind of letting your wife take 99% of the child rearing role. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, hiding on the basketball court and like not wanting the ball. It's like fucking lean in, bitch.
2: (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Big time adulting podcast here. We've got our uh, inaugural dad Episode. We have never had dads as a guest before. And I would like to welcome today Max and Matt from the Milkless Podcast.
0: What's up, guys? Good to be here. (laughs) First dads on uh, big time adulting. That's a lot of pressure.
1: We're entering mom space. Happy to be (laughs) here. Thanks so much for having us on.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys. You have an interesting sort of story here. You're theater nerds who are athletic guys. (laughs) Self-proclaimed
0: <laughs> theater Shut nerds that
2: are up. athletic. Yeah.
1: So we we we're both like these big, strong, like huge guys. You can't really see it because like we're on a <laughs> podcast, but like we're huge jacked dudes. Uh, n- not really, but we were sort of. We were both athletes. and we, we did a West Side Story together in college. We're both like really good singers. Matt's a way better singer than me, but we're, we, you know, we're theater guys or whatever. And uh, we we're going to do a podcast on masculinity, but then Matt made the point that like, can two theater guys really do a podcast? <laughs> can we on lead the way on
0: that particular topic? Can um, we carry this? Yeah. Can we carry this? I mean, what like I knew that I wanted to work with Max on something. He's got this like unbelievable enthusiasm and like confidence and it's grounded in, in something real. Um, and so we kicked around a bunch of ideas Uh, and then I took my daughter up to, this was before my second kid was born. I took my daughter up to give my wife a weekend off to visit Max. And we just got to be dads together for like a really, really fun weekend. And more and more of our conversations when we talked to her about that. And it's the thing that both of us care the most about doing well these days. My work is like, in a lot of ways, the film world is just kind of like not super fun these days. And, uh, this is.
1: Yeah. And we realized that like not a lot of dads were talking about this sort of stuff. Like, you know, you chat with a friend, guy friends, they're not really unpacking a lot of stuff about parenting and maybe how to be a better parent or how to be a better dad. I think that a lot of moms are supported in that way. Um, but we started out just like, hey, let's do this for dads out there. What we realize is like at least 50% of our listeners are, are moms as well. And we're. it's not just about being a dad. It's about being a parent. And our sort of angles tends to become trying to get into the, he- the head of our kids we're both like always doing some sort of like role playing and like acting out like what does what it must be like for the, for our kids? Like, for example, like from a, from maybe the how they see their dad, like I hit the table one time in a fit of anger in an attempt to scare my kids. And we talked about that and kind of unpacked. It's like, shit, man, I was like a big ape puffing out my chest. How scary must that have been for these little guys who just love us and like developmentally are being total shitheads. But like developmentally, they they don't know what they're doing. And I just like scared the shit out of them and screamed at them. They're, you know, they're rocking their life. So I don't know. That's, we go through a lot of cool stuff like that and hit a topic every week.
2: And you're coming at it from, from an angle of like pure honesty, which is obviously my jam. I love that. And um, I, it's funny. You, you mentioned like, Oh, as a joke, can we do uh, this podcast on masculinity? Are we, are we fit for this topic? Now I, I would argue like there's a lot about masculinity that's sort of changing in, in, in modern day culture, in society. Some of it I think is maybe harmful and some of it I think is really helpful. Um, you know, I think that there's like this, This is like not what I had planned on talking about with you guys necessarily, but it's leading me to the topic. But i just like, you know, boys needing to be boys in a lot of ways, you know, like they need to play, they need to wrestle, they need to get that energy out. They do have a lot of physical pent up energy, which I think is like important to recognize. But then there's also I think this like societal view of men that's very, you know, um, a little bit like definitely old fashioned where, you know, men are also not supposed to share their feelings or cry or, um, you know, be softer. Like, would you feel that there's a shift taking place for dads these days in terms of the narrative you're talking to your boys about?
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely think there's a change going on and there's, and some of that is in Intentional, like I don't, I don't want to embody the like scary authoritarian dad that is maybe the, what you picture from that 1950s when you see the like advertisement for like cigarettes and it's a family of four in a Cadillac smiling. I want it to be different. We're so binary. There's these weird things like all these things get lumped under masculinity, and there's some things we need to get rid of. Like I think for a lot of for men for a long time the acceptable emotions were like anger. And so I don't want any part of that in my life. And I don't want my kids to expect that. Like I have really been trying to define what masculinity means to me and also not expect anybody else to have the same definition. But I just want my definition to be mine and to be like a picking and choosing of maybe some of those things that are more traditional. Like it's important to me to like be strong, to like lift weights or whatever. But it's also important to me to like be able to express sadness or vulnerability in front of my kids.
1: Yeah. I think like, also we were talking about masculinity and just like being a good dad, being a man is like, isn't kind of the wimpiest fucking thing in the world, like not being able to like be a good parent or being a a good dad, like kind of letting your wife take 99% of the child rearing role, you know, like it's kind of like, you know, hiding on the basketball court and like not wanting the ball. It's like, fucking lean in, bitch.
0: It's like not <laughs> running laps with your team. If you were on a sports team and everybody else on your sports team was playing their hardest and you weren't, there's nothing less masculine than that. It's like fucking carry your water, man. Everybody's supposed to carry the water.
1: But we talk about this in our first episode on archetypes like like there's there was this doofy sort of checked out dad, like Homer Simpson, you know, Peter Griffin family guy, Inspector Gadget as Matt said, just kind of like a total like lump. And then we we kind of overcorrected so far in the other direction. Maybe you see the modern family dad, uh, Phil Dunphy, who's just so emasculated, like has no, you know, control in the household, has no respect. So it's like we're trying to find that balance somewhere in the middle where, look, the the goal is, you know, loving our kids, showing love and affection, getting them to be whatever, but also not being a total fucking pushover. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: like, so that's a kind of a new space for dads. And I think that women have... A lot of good tools to be able to talk about that with one another. Um, There's a study, actually, a CNN article came out yesterday. It said only 48% of men said that they were feeling satisfied with friendships in a 2021 study. And then one in five men said that they'd gotten emotional support from a friend in the past week compared to four in 10 women. So, like, we're entering a space where, you know, maybe what big time adulting I think is is changing the world by like lifting up the, the veil on like how hard parenting is, like not self-loathing and and, and basically making the crazy feel less crazy, and making people feel more normal. Maybe what we're also trying to do is is that, but then also just like let, letting guys know that it's okay and kind of cool to talk about like how hard parenting is.
2: Yeah. To basically show that side of you as a dad that I'm as mentally invested in this process as 50% Parent, I liked that whole uh, that you want to like be pulling your weight on the team. Like you don't want somebody to be like, "Hey guys, your wife's back hurting because she's carrying the whole You're team." Fucking um, the team, bro. You know, yeah. Like I, I really love that like flip on the idea of that conversation where you know part of like the masculinity in this, in the the manliness in this, the protector, the provider is. Taking on more in that space in that role, as as we all know, the role of of women in the world, and particularly as it as it pertains to like being financial contributors in the home and working, has changed so drastically. Also, where that should sort of be meeting the road as it rises, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's this it, there's this interesting thing. I so think I'm- I just made that up, by the way. Meeting it the road cool. does
2: it rise? It sounded yeah. good. Meeting the road is like it, was it like rises. A little poet. I was. Can we get just, one of those
1: one of those motivational wall May posters? Things. Maybe the
2: road rise <laughs> to meet you, night.
1: I... That was an amazing proverb.
0: Anyway, go on. Um, yeah. Uh, what is it? Oh, I don't know. Ask us another question. Who can remember after such wisdom? I
2: also would like to like highlight that there are some pressures still that men and fathers face in today's society that that bring you back to like some traditional you know kind of historical pressures that men and fathers face like do you feel that
0: yeah i mean it's interesting if you got like there a lot of the stuff that gets targeted at men on like YouTube, for example, these days, is some real traditional, like, work out, make money, here's the car you got. And, like, there's that's still around. I always get nervous about talking about this kind of stuff because you make any gen- big generalization and you're r- going to be wrong about a lot of people, right? Um, but I do think that a lot of men these days are kind of at a at a loss for defining masculinity and what makes them feel masculine. I think in that um kind of void where all these men are looking for what does that mean like what rushed in to fill that void is a lot of those like traditional go make a lot of money be fucking tough there's moments where i feel like i kind of am i a little soft like have i gone a little soft uh in an effort to be the version of the you know the husband the the father those things that i want to be and then i still feel the world's gotten so expensive you got to go out and make money but i better fucking show up for my kids too
1: yeah i honestly feel like there isn't there aren't we talk about fatherhood in general i feel like there's not a huge bar that's been set societally and i feel like unless you're a fucking shitty dad like it's pretty easy to kind of check the box and be like like you know a, you take your two or three kids out or even one kid out to the store people will be like, Oh, look at you. I'm like, I'm just going to the fucking store. Like, come on. I'm like, literally my wife pulls way more weight than I do. I think that I'm not at 50% yet. I'm trying, you know, I want to get there. Like sometimes I feel like with my wife with society in general and everything, I feel like, you know, when like four people are carrying a heavy object, like a couch and then you somehow are like, Oh shit, it's not heavy for me. (laughs) Oh no. that. Yeah. They're struggling over there. And then you're like, but the couch is moving and no one's really that stressed out about it. Am I going to be I like, say uh,
2: anything? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys,
1: uh, can we reposition so I could carry more? It's like, it's going. And, I, you know, as long as like I'm checking with my wife, you know, continually like, hey, how we doing? If anyone's overwhelmed, like I'll take more of the load. But like there are certain things like society is still hasn't caught up on like the schedule, for example. I sometimes lean into the doofy dad on the schedule. And we said this on episode one where someone's like, Oh, can so-and-so come over for a play date on Friday? I'm like, Oh, I don't do that. That'd be my wife. And it's like, we we have a shared Google calendar. Like I, I could do that. But for some reason, because people will always, will usually ask the, the female or the wife,
2: it's like common practice basically at this yeah. point, because I know I feel the same way. There's very few dads who I communicate with in in terms of any of that stuff. And even like I was at the park the other day talking to this dad of a friend of my daughter and they were asking us at the park, like, can we have a play date? And it was the conversation sort of shifted to like, I'll, uh, do you have like my wife's number? I'll put you in touch with Everett to, to schedule the play date. And honestly, like, I was like, you know what? Like he's right here. I could just take his number. But at the same time, in the same breath, I would be more comfortable communicating with his wife. Yeah. I don't know if that's like me being a weirdo or me having societal, um, you know, gender roles ingrained in myself that I'm, I'm still not comfortable. I do think like a lot of what, what like say I'm doing right now in terms of like highlighting the difficulties of motherhood. And that is what I feel like I can do right now in terms of just starting those conversations. Right. Because I think we still like are pretty far ways away from there being like full on equity. We're getting closer. It's getting better for sure. But like there are just definitely moments of default like that that fall onto a mom.
1: Yeah. Well, just to hit equity really quick, because we did, a, we did a, an episode on spousal scorekeeping. Yeah. And there's a 1994 study that said that the division of labor and equity actually doesn't matter for reduction in depression and, you know, like happiness and stuff like that what does is perception of equity because also like how do you really do equity and i think that's what fucks up a lot of people is you're like oh it's like my wife is doing grocery shopping and cooking oh, i'm just like i'm not living up to expectations i'm fucking i'm a fucking lout if is that the right word i've never used that Loud. Word before yeah lout's yeah. good yeah yeah i did it thank you
2: yeah
1: um yeah so like <laughs> So then it's, but but what really is, is perception of equity, because sometimes, you know, your partner, whether let's say that they're working harder than you bringing in more money for the household, and then you do a little bit more in the house. Or for example, I can do nights. I don't need as much sleep as, as my wife. I do all night duty after like newborn phase. Kid has a nightmare every other night or something. I'm up with them, consoling them. And So it's it's, it's that if everyone is cool with it and sometimes we said this on our podcast, I heard it on one of your previous episodes, kind of like misery loves company. As long as you know, like, wait a minute, are you stressed out too? Are you fucking like struggling? Yeah. Oh, you're struggling? Oh, great. I'm struggling. Awesome. Okay, cool, cool. Keep going. Let's check in again a couple of days.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of like what happens like in my house, for instance. Like my husband's outside of the home physically, like all day every day, for work and is works long hours outside of the home. So like there's just things that physically he cannot do around here that fall onto my workload, and I accept that basically. But what I do expect is just like a a massive amount of like appreciation for the absorbing that I do of that stuff. And I get it. So I feel good in my marriage with him. However, I do think that there is a certain amount of scorekeeping that goes on with everybody.
0: It's just, it's inevitable. And when I, like I have a shitty day, I can start counting all the shit that I've done and start to feel like grumpy. I think the positive version of scorekeeping is the one that like motivates you to always be trying to see what your partner is doing. Like when I'm doing good, I'm trying, I feel like I'm trying to play catch up, which honestly is a little bit of the entire ethos of the name of our podcast is like, from the beginning, I I said this to Max once and he said it was a Texas phrase, like the tits on a boar. Tits on a boar is useless, like, because boars don't produce milk. So from the beginning as a dad, I felt a little bit like tits on a boar, like I was just useless. Um, and And so I, but I never wanted to be like the secondary parent. I never wanted to be a lout. Yeah. I never wanted to be the secondary parent lout. Nice, Maxie. Thanks. So milkless is almost an acknowledgement that I always feel like, we always feel like we're playing catch up, like to be, to be pulling our weight as a parent.
1: Yeah. But I mean, spousal scorekeeping in our episode, we thought it at the the beginning, we're saying like, yeah, it's bad. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. But by the end we're like, actually it's important. Because if you're not keeping track of stuff and then we, you know, Matt, I think started talking about brain space and that hard to do, hard to quantify thing of when your partner is the one who knows when Mm -hmm. the next pediatrician visit is or when you're out of toilet paper or, or paper towels and stuff like that. That doesn't get credit, you know, like tangible credit as opposed to like typically meals, Mm -hmm. cleaning. Those things get credit. So we tried to kind of get into some of that. And I I even was thinking about it the other day. What are some things that I do? Because I feel like I have a deficit to to my partner. I feel like she does more than me. But then I started realizing like, well, I do all conflict resolution. I'm like Cuban Missile Crisis, two kids fighting over Red Fork. It's automatically always me getting down on their level. Okay, guys, you know, I do the night stuff. So if, if you don't sort of have these meetings and kind of You don't want to be like tit for tat and like, you know, nitpicking every little thing. Yeah. But if you don't call out the dynamic, you can feel like, and I bet you we've all been there, where you feel like you're doing more than your partner in whatever it is. Work, oh, you're just staying home, taking care of the kids. Or like, you're just going to work. I'm home wiping ass all day. If you don't talk about it, then it can feel, the natural thing is like, oh, I'm doing way more than all these people.
2: Yeah. Everybody feels like they're picking up more slack probably, right? Or in some categories, like men or dads may measure their scorekeeping completely differently. You know, like we're all measuring from our own perspectives all the time. I'm going to say that I do know that women typically take on a lot more of like that mental load of what you're talking about, of just like the invisible labor that it takes to run a household. But more importantly to Max, your point is just like, that that is, maybe it's invisible, but it, it, that it's discussed and like acknowledged by your partner. Right. Like, I think we all just really want to be acknowledged and appreciated.
0: It's like the biggest thing. The same thing can feel so shitty. If you feel like it is unseen, unacknowledged, uncared about, or it can feel okay. As long as you know your partner notices and appreciates it and is also not doing that great. Yeah. As long as your partner's doing not doing that great. Your either. life sucks right now too. Yeah. As long as they also have the bags under their eyes, then like, okay.
2: If you're feeling like you're getting really score keepy, like I started to feel myself doing that over the last couple of weekends because sports have commenced again at this back to school season and I was like you know keeping those schedules in my mind and stuff even though I know like they're on his calendar too I'm like is he thinking about that they need to get their cleats on 15 minutes before we have to leave type thing that that sort of thing where why am I keeping that inside my head why aren't I letting that out of the cage and just you know opening that discussion so that I'm not letting it like fester inside, getting pissed off,
0: you know? Like one thing that has helped us, I think on this front is to create some pretty clear division of labor around some things because there's sometimes, and I think a lot of dads do this, where it's like, if they haven't, if they feel like they're just stepping into this space of trying to help, it's like, I'm going to do it wrong or I'm going to do it worse than my wife would. I'm going to do it in a way that she's going to have to fix later or whatever else. And so one of the things that we try to do from early on is like, I just have time, either a time or an activity or a part of the schedule or a thing we need to take care of. We're like, I'm on point for this. So I do it however I want to do it. And I don't have to worry that I'm like doing it wrong as long as like it gets done and everybody's alive and in the general area where they're supposed to be. And then I can, it gets easier for me than just say like, hey, bedtime's my thing every night and we're going to do it how we want to and we're not going to have to like compare whatever um, or get to the drive to school every morning, getting ready for school.
1: Because not to make excuses, but like that's the the problem we identified one time is like, you know, super overweight person trying to go to the gym, feeling self-conscious about it. It's like my wife is like literally she-man.
2: She-Ra, Wonder Woman. My
1: wife is Wonder Woman. It's like I step in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take... I'm going to take soccer uniforms. And it's like, ah, it's just like embarrassing. I don't even know where they are. And it's like, ah, fuck. Like, so embarrassing. I'm blushing.
2: (laughs) No, you know what? I think it's like really important though to highlight that perspective that you're saying that it's like there is this like feeling of like not going to do this correctly and also not wanting to like fuck up the system. You know, you feel like you're like, maybe a step behind, like you're confused, which is like totally natural. And that's why I like to go back to the fact that like, I I think a lot of like the guys out there, like my husband, that kind of, they're not dicks. They're not trying not to help you. They're not trying to make your life harder. They like really don't know where to begin. My husband would often be like on the weekends, like I sometimes don't take initiative on things or like decide, make decisions about stuff because I feel like you have a system in place and I'm like ruining things and you're going to get pissed off. Right. And he's partially correct. And like in the exact same breath, I'm like, I just want you to take initiative and yeah. make decisions. Yeah you know? And like, you can't have it both ways. Like you have to like, then also go through like maybe this like pain period of transition where like, you're like, this task belongs to you. Do it however the fuck you want. It might take a couple of weeks to figure out your system and our system on this, but like in the end, it'll be better for everyone. But I think a lot of women also fall into that pattern of martyrdom where they're like, I'm going to do it all I'm doing it all. Look <laughs> really? at I am I am the,
0: I <laughs> am the giving dog. tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when you take care of the kids
1: alone as a as a father for like a three-day weekend. It works. It's awesome. It's weird. Whenever you uh, like kind of co-parent together, it's like man, she's kind of better at this. So she's gonna pack the lunch or pack the snacks.
0: To me, one of the biggest things I can do is always just been like for like a few hours every weekend. Let me just give my wife a totally quiet house and I'll just go somewhere with the girls and then I can just do it in my, you know, a- a- haphazard, spontaneous dad way. Dad, can I have water? I'm thirsty.
1: It's like, oops, we forgot water. Um, We're going to buy some water. Mm-hmm. That's the new
2: adventure. Yeah.
0: You know, whereas- we'll grab some diapers like, while it... we're there because whoops. Yeah. I yeah.
2: <laughs> forgot those too. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> This is, I think, actually, this has all been a really helpful chat for me, just coming from a female perspective and remembering the male perspective more in terms of mom and dad. Um, We touched on this, like, a bit, but what is, like, important to you about a message that you're trying to get out there? With doing this podcast, like what's what's an what what would you say like the most important takeaway that you want people to have from listening to you guys on your podcast?
1: Yeah, I can start, Matt. Yeah, like basically, it. I think what I'm trying to do every time is we say it right before we record every time: admit your foibles, don't astroturf, don't talk about how great of a dad you are. I think it's a lot of what what you've kind of in a weird way pioneered of just like talking about the hard shit. And making people feel a little less crazy about how damn hard it is, and so having people feel a little more normal, and then putting some tools in place to help you, you know, be, be a slightly better parent or be that parent you want to be without making people feel guilty. So that's what my main goal is on every episode.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. Just like, it just always comes back to how many conversations I would have with dads in person where I could tell that it just seemed like it was the first time they'd ever had that conversation. And there were so many questions about like, is this normal? Or like, there was kind of this sheepish tiptoeing towards like, and then sometimes I just yell at them and it's like, fuck. Yeah, you do. So I think it really is. But, but also we, we love it and it's, it's important to us and, and, we, uh, we think our kids are the fucking greatest, of course. And so there is this way in which it's like, yeah, you're not crazy. Let's talk about it with each other so you don't feel crazy. And it can be great. It can be so great to be a dad, um, while it also is terrible all the time.
1: And the unbudgeted upside is we were kind of doing it for each other. To, you know, And I feel like we're both starting pointers, like pretty good dads. But we've had two unbudgeted upsides. And one is like the dad who was totally like not doing a damn thing other than like being the dad who plays with the kids, but like, and realizing like, oh shit, I need to step up. We've had a lot of dads reach out. Um, And then the second one is like uh, most or 50% of our listeners are moms and them saying like, holy shit, the, the dad's perspective is so interesting. And you know, I got my dad to start listening. I mean, my, my dad <laughs> got my husband to start listening. This is amazing, and just kind of being more of just a general parenting podcast coming from the dad's perspective was was awesome. And we're glad that we're kind of filling that space in the ether.
2: Yeah, I'm really glad too because I think it does a lot for like just the the conversation with what we're having. We we went a lot into that division of labor score keeping all that stuff and to hear dads talking about it who also care about it i think is honestly really meaningful and i hate to even sound like maybe you know like pathetic saying that but like thanks for caring uh. <laughs> about that <Fucking> loser <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And also, what I think is interesting about it is we're not coming at it from the point of like a PhD or a child behavioral specialist. We're coming at it at the point. Of, we're coming at it from the point of like we really, really fucking care, and we're just trying to explore this. Like, ah, oh, what do you do, Matt, when you fucking lose it on your kids and slam the table, and like <laughs> rattle all the, all the, like a glass falls over. What yeah. do you fucking do? Yeah.
2: Yeah. How do you, how do you, uh, ah.
1: Yeah. Like your
2: King Triton slamming your Trident down on the ocean floor. Ariel! (laughs) Max, something you said on your podcast was uh, like a viral clip about snacks um, in your house. And just like. Talking about how annoying it is when your kids are asking you for snacks all the time. And you put into this, into place the system where you put all healthy snacks in like reachable location for yeah. your kids. And then it was like, don't fucking ask me anymore. Get yourself a snack uh, whenever yeah. you want a snack. Is that still going? Does that still work?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, basically, like I always try to identify.
2: What are the snacks? Yeah.
1: Oh, they're like uh, carrot sticks, cheese sticks, because cheese sticks are super healthy, like a skim milk mozzarella cheese stick. Yeah, like a string super cheese low we're fat, talking super, about, yeah, right? Yeah. High protein, hummus cups, grapes, you know, all this kind of shit, because I realized, like, what are what are we fighting about most in my household with these kids? We have kids three, six, and eight. It's like snacks all the time. Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? And it's like, no, we're going to... And then, you know, Matt and I started talking about it, and it's like... Why are we gatekeeping this food? We're, we're kind of creating a weird relationship with them where it's constantly,
2: yeah, come
1: approach thy elder and request thy food. <laughs> and instead, of it's like our Dutch friends would just have this snack drawer that was like all acceptable snacks, just fucking go nuts and just like stop asking me. Yeah. And then they can kind of like manage their own food. And if they spoil their appetite, it's like, oops. They fucking blew up dinner with carrot sticks and hummus yeah so,
2: like who cares right yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 live your life man get yourself yeah. a snack <laughs> well you guys are the best i do want to know what your favorite snacks are
1: oh mine is uh because i'm always trying to watch my figure for my
2: training i know we didn't touch but, on that but if yeah, you're listening but, but out here you guys can check us out check out Max, not just on his podcast, but is also training for the Olympics ski guy, which is yeah. sprinting up a mountain on your skis, which is really fucking hard, and then going yeah. backcountry skiing from there.
1: Yes. So my snack is uh, beef jerky. A
2: lot of sodium.
1: Sodium's high. It is possible renal failure. But sometimes I sweat so much that the sodium's you know also a good addition. Um, I just like beef jerky, like kind of teriyaki beef jerky. Yeah.
2: Me too, and Matt, as a uh, documentary filmmaker <laughs> and film producer, what keeps you going throughout the day?
0: I grew up in Texas. Chips and queso is the best. That's the best thing. It's mm. better than all the other foods. Mm. Even shitty chips and queso is like better than like good kale. It's 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 just tastes unbelievable.
2: That's not a grab and go sitch you can't eat queso
0: on the run no No, but they do like there's a place called taco deli here that like makes they like jar it and then you just they put them in a (laughs)
1: gogurt a gogurt container matt just mainlines it
2: (laughs) that's great you guys are great thank you for being here we'll uh we'll we'll let everybody know where to find you on the gram and especially on your podcast and i'll talk to you both soon
0: Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. It sounds cheeseball, but we we like admire the shit out of you. We like want to be you when we grow up. You're like, oh, it's someday. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. If we stick with it, work harder, work harder. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am.
2: Just kidding. You guys are just wonderful. Exactly the way you are. Thanks so much for being here. For more information on today's episode, visit my show notes. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review. Now get yourself a snack.